Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 287. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the acclaimed and celebrated creators of 3B Honey, Desi and John St. Amant. Thank you, Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. Yeah. I was very excited to get that email saying that you were doing a crowdfunding campaign. And I said, wait a minute, that name looks really familiar. Then I had to go back on KC. I'm like, oh, that's the, yay, that's John St. Amon from Chevacorn. Yes, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> we also get the ability to you know, talk to you, Desi, who is also one of the folks of 3B Honey. You also co-created this yes. with, with John as well. Huh? Basically, the characters started off as um, there were there were characters that were kind of side characters in an original story I had of all about okay. a high school of insects. And they were the celebrities in that, in that comic story. Mm-hmm. And the high school of insects story kind of floundered, didn't work too well. And so we were talking and, and I thought, you know, these celebrity bees, these like pop star <laughs> bees would be a pretty fun story on their own. And so I basically just, you know, we, we Desi just took the reins on the, on the storytelling well, for that. Yeah, we we were uh, exploring beekeeping actually at that time, and so when we started to develop our beehive in the backyard, and then we were learning more about them and how fascinating they were. I remember John's characters of the three bees, uh, the sisters that were like into performing, and I thought, oh man, I think there's something there, and especially because we knew that there was this undertone of you know. Um, climate change happening where bees were in danger. And I thought that those are the stakes right there. Like mm. the bees fighting to save their hive, fighting to save their family. Um, mm. But, you know, I thought, well, how could I make this middle grade? So we created this world of sisters, basically, that, you know, they deal with the middle grade drama and the adolescent angst of fitting in and finding friendship, um, along with the fact that they have to survive and save their hive, you know. So talk to us a little bit about uh, Desi and John, the fact that, so like Desi, you wrote it as a script, and then John, you're the one that actually illustrated it, correct? Right. Yeah. Originally, I wrote it as a prose novel, a middle grade novel. Okay. Um, And then this was like six years ago. Yeah. And then... I shared it with people in my critique group and, you know, I got some positive feedback, but also people were like, oh, I could see this having like pictures. And so I was like, okay, maybe this will be an illustrated novel. And then when we realized that graphic novels were really, really hot, we decided, you know, this could be a really good graphic novel. So then we pivoted and I changed the story script, uh, the story into a, graphic novel script. So I basically rewrote the whole thing to be like a screenplay instead of prose. As the project evolved and 
you started to feel out how the story was going to go. Mm-hmm. How much ownership did you both share on that? Was there any like territorialness of characters <laughs> or plot line or any of that stuff? That's a good question. That's a good question. I, you know, actually, I remember just establishing with her saying that they are they're pop stars, they're performers. Um, and then I just said, you know, go with it. And so from there, she created their personalities. Mm. Uh, and and then just the entire, you know, tying in the environmentalism. Also, our, our beekeeping experience um, plays a, a role as far as, you know, you can see the hive there, the apiary. Um, that's actually our backyard. So a lot of the, a lot of the images <laughs> are our backyard. So I'll take yeah. photos of the plants or the trees or things, and, and I'll incorporate them into the design. There's a page where, where the main character flies over uh, what they call uh, Box Mountain, which they, they call houses mountains. Um, <laughs> And so there's a scene where she's flying over our house. It's actually like our roof line and our front porch and everything. <laughs> That's cool. But as far as like ownership, I, I just let her go with it as far as the writing and the, and the um, plot. And she would, we would kind of bounce ideas mm-hmm. back and forth. You know, she'd yeah. run things by me, but. John would read the script as I wrote it. He read, he read, I feel like every iteration of it. And so he would <laughs> tell me, no, this is good. This is working. This is working, you know? Um, so Another thing we had to kind of agree on was a few things like this story was going to be in their perspective, in their world from right. you know their little bee eyes. Right. So it's not we were not going to involve any humans. Hmm. So it's not going to have us beekeeping around them or anything like it is their world. And we're just kind of seeing how it works. Although the elements you can clearly see there is a human civilization. So they're in a backyard, they're in a, they're in a human uh, run apiary, a bee box, mm-hmm. you know, beehive. So right. I was even thinking, I mean, I, have, I don't know, we haven't talked about this, um, but you know, there may be in a future episode or future story, there could be a scene with a giant, right? Where mm-hmm. it's a benevolent giant because clearly they're being, they're being managed by a beekeeper, um, but they're still scared. They would still probably sting and, and flee this giant, um, so I think that's, that's a possibility yeah. down the road, but. Um, I think right now we just wanted to keep the focus on their story, their, yeah. their hardships, their dramas, but also like, mm. I just felt like as a, you know, a middle grade perspective, like an adolescent, you know, around 12 years old, you think you're the center of the world. Everything <laughs> revolves around yeah. you. Like you're not thinking about the larger world. So I felt like that was fitting for these characters that. Their world was their world. They're not necessarily anthropomorphic. They're not walking and talking bees. They, you, you were specific in drawing them as, you, you know, young, young women. Right. Yeah. yeah. That... They're, they're like, they're girls. They're young girls. Right. Um, yeah, and, right. and that was, that was an interesting evolution. And I think John can speak more to that, but we didn't want them to look like bees I felt right. like it was important for readers to be able to relate to them. Yeah, there's a there's an excellent graphic novel called Clan Apis. Um, I, I can go grab it, but um, it's it ha- it depicts the bees as scientifically accurate bees. And what I I remember reading that, and I was so fascinated by the story and by the art. Um, but I, I remember feeling like it was difficult to get in behind. The character get to to relate to the character uh, because they're you know bees are alien looking. I mean, uh, you know the beauty of this planet is that the biodiversity is 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 mind blowing, right? 
So we wanted to make a point to kids reading this, that it's, this is really about them on through the, through the lens of bees. So it's, it's this kind of hybrid. I know they look, they pretty much are like girls wearing bee outfits. Um, they actually are more, more, they're more simplified now than they used to be. They used to be even more human looking. I tried mm-hmm. to kind of be involved, like inspired by kind of Powerpuff Girl design where it's a little more simplified, like just like cylindrical, uh, you know, torsos and little chubby feet. Um, but yeah, we wanted to really drive home the point. So we're both teachers. And one of the things that stood out to us, stands out to us, especially like with my students um, are when kids will come to me and I'm an art teacher and I say, so what, like, what do you want to do? You know, what, where do you want to go for college or what do you want to do when you grow up? And their answer very often is, well, you know, I'd love to do art, but my parents want me to do this or maybe a lawyer or doctor or, so there's so much um, of this preconceived plan by parents and the kids have their own passion. So, you know, Desi can speak to this too about. Yeah. That was another layer of conflict that our main character dealt with of like fulfilling the family obligation, which in this case is like helping save the hive from, you know, complete collapse. But also she does have this passion for performing and she's trying to reconcile that, you know, and find kind of the middle ground. So that's something that both of us have seen with our own students struggling with. The only males, and you'll see in the story that the males are the drones and drones are these brawny, uh, in, in our story, the drones are just muscle mu- meatheads. They work out all the time. They're all, their whole goal is strutting around the hive, showing off their muscle. They don't do any work. They don't help. And that's actually very accurate to how, how bees are. Uh, most of the bees in the hive are female. All the foragers are female. Uh, the only males are the drones and, and, you know, they just, they waste a lot of resources. Their only job is to is to take the genetic material of the hive and mate with a new queen, um, and so that's their only purpose. And so we really yeah. want to drive that that point as well. Yeah, I mean, we don't, you know, it's a middle grade book, so we're not going to talk right. really about like reproduction. Right, right. But in in the book, we're just more alluding to like they don't do anything; they just hang out. They hang out and work out, and, that, and that's actually yeah, true. Yeah, for in the bee world, anyway, the girls are doing all the work. How important did you feel as though that that you either you know wanted to add an educational aspect to it, or did you feel like you needed to add an educational aspect to the storyline? I think it was a little bit of both because I feel like you know if you're going to tell a story about bees, I think it's you know while I have your attention, hmm. um, here are some cool things about them, and you know when teaching kids, you don't want them to feel, they don't like to feel like they're being lectured at or, right, or, or taught. To, right. So you right. kind of feed it the spoonful of honey, pun intended, but like, you know, you integrate it into the story. So in the story, we have those like bee facts and that information integrated as part of the story, not as like a textbook page of information. But also I'm, I'm such a bee nerd. I'm, I'm like a bee evangelist. Um, <laughs> every time, like I'll be out at a party or a random place and somebody asks me a little, like just a benign question, like, Hey, how's your hive doing? And like 30 minutes later, I'm still going on about the science behind them and fascinating bee facts. And I get, I just, Desi has to kind of like give me like the sign, like, Hey, like, okay. <laughs> okay. 
stop, you know, like, let's, you know, we're running late, stop talking about bees, you know? So I think, I think that comes through too, is like, yeah. I try to get some accuracy there and try to show how mm. interesting they are. They're such fascinating creatures. Did you have to cut back on some of the facts and some of the things that you hit into the book to, yes. to make it not actually... seem so textbooky? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We did have to cut some things cause it felt too, too heavy, like too heavy handed. Mm. Yeah. And also the technology. So <laughs> yeah. one of the challenges was, um, and I'm, and, and actually, by the way, I'm still illustrating this story. So, so it's fully written. Um, it's all 260 pages or something Wow! But for this huge, first, it's huge. It's yeah. an epic, it's epic. Um, so I'm, yeah. So our, for our campaign right now is the first 48 pages. So it's going to be like a double feature comic book thickness, right? Same size as a comic book, but, um, so this is, we call this chapter one. And one of the challenges we ran into was how, like, for example, when bees forage here, here I go. Okay. Stop me if I go too far, but yeah. when bees forage, they, um, they will, they will vomit their foraged honey or, or, or nectar right. into a, into another bee's mouth. Uh, which that bee will then go and deposit it into the cell, right into the little. Mm -hmm. And so obviously we can't have girls vomiting <laughs> through each other's mouths. <laughs> so there, there are like, we had this system. There's a system that's I think it's in the sample pages, but where it's a conveyor belt where it checks the purity and the weight of their forage. Mm -hmm. And so, so Claire is always struggling to make, uh, you know, enough of the of the um, what's the to word? meet the, the quota the quota of the day. Yeah. So we had to find a way to like not be gross because they're so anthropomorphized. Like, yeah. Um, and so we, we came up with just a real simple, almost like a shopping center conveyor belt with a little scanner and weight. And, you know, and then, and, but there still is like this, all, another part was gravity. Like, so bees can climb up walls just as easily as we walk on a sidewalk. Mm -hmm. So in the story, there are scenes where the girl will step up a bee or a bee will step up 90 degrees and then just start walking up the wall. Like it's nothing. Huh. And so to change that, to think, to conceptualize that, uh, there's, there's a scene where you can see Claire climbing up and completely changing direction. Like it's nothing and trying to show, you know, kind of as a, as an artist, I, I'm always like thinking like a director, like how, where's the camera angle? How do we show this is actually vertical and not horizontal anymore? Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a challenge to, you know, mm. uh, to get that right. Oh, and so this book went through the, they said, so the kids comic unite group and so how did that process work going through there and what kind of editing and feedback did you get for the book we've had it edit we've had so man i have so many versions yeah. it's gone through i when i first wrote it i had an editor like at ed, like i do edits on it like give me like big picture edits and she didn't like the main character at first i remember mm -hmm. she was kind of harsh and she, I mean, she gave me really good feedback, but, um, she gave me some feedback I needed to hear, but like mm. Claire was kind of whiny and complaining at first. And I had to kind of rethink her angle a little bit. And so I actually rewrote it, changed, like kind of changed how she presented herself. Um, and again, like I said, this has been like six years in the making. So I just kept redoing it, redoing it. And then I, I joined the critique group, got more feedback and I would just revise constantly. And then, you know, I would send it out to, um, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, pit mad. It's like a Twitter, like pitch okay. contest. This was a while okay. ago, but, um, it was, it used to be a big thing. I don't know if it is anymore, but you basically submit your manuscript 
and it's in like a whole organization and they they pick a really small amount and you're paired up with a mentor and they revise we you, together you revise your script to send it out to agents but it's oh, like cool. it's it's kind of a big deal if you get chosen so i was like basically i had a a, a full request in that process like the mentor liked my stuff wanted to read it and by that point she she got back to me she said look i i i think this is great i feel like you honestly probably don't need it i want to do something that needs a little more work on my part so she's <laughs> like i'm gonna just kind of let this go and but she she was kind enough to give a whole she did a whole read on the whole manuscript and gave me notes so then i went back and kind of you know looked at it again went through it so it was like a lot of that and then uh pitch fest with kids comics unite a few years later we got some feedback on that and a lot of the feedback was really on the visuals that time yeah. so i feel mm -hmm. like at that point the story was strong and it was tight and then the, the visuals we needed to kind of rethink because um one of the comments we got was like the bees look too grown up for a middle grade yeah, story they, they were they were very human like it was just like even more like not cartoony it was just like humans wearing bee suits and so um that that needed to change to make them younger to make it more cartoony just to make it more zany maybe even actually we we even uh uh pitched it as an animated series mm -hmm. didn't we? we tried we tried just uh, yeah. one or two studios um and uh yeah so so that we we, we did want to make it more cartoony more simplified also to draw like drawing people hundreds and hundreds of times is i can do it but it's just it's a lot of work so drawing these big round heads little rectangle torsos is a lot easier um and the story comes across i think better with their younger more zany cartoony you know characters yeah especially mm -hmm. with the audience we're trying to reach but in, but um back to the question about the, the kcu process we actually so jana actually um we attracted her attention um she offered mm -hmm. representation i think based on yeah we the, the, we the, didn't pitched like we didn't actually submit to her right explicitly or anything i think john posted the um graphic novel is like to, hey i need some critiques on this what do we you guys did like think? a little video um right. yeah just to get some critiques from the community and it's called the hot seat the hot seat that's what it was yeah. and at that point jana reached out and said hey i think this is really cool you want to talk and then it kind of went from there but I, we were looking for an agent at that time and we weren't having much luck. We got several full requests, but didn't seal the deal. And then Jana reached out right. to us. So right. it worked out. And so let's talk a little bit about your crowdfunder campaign um, and, and see. So what's, as of this recording, you are at 91% of your goal already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool. That was, we were really very shocked and, and just really happy to see that. Um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's been a lot of work and, you know, pretty nerve wracking putting yourself out there, but um, the right. support and encouragement we've received has been awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's been really encouraging to see that. And, you know, um, I mean, as it, we're, this was our first one, so we didn't really know what to expect. So that 
created a little bit of anxiety like the morning of i kid you not we yeah. were like so All hands on like deck. oh i mean we were just like <laughs> like yeah, just like nervous energy like that day but um right. now you know we we're seeing how it's landing and we're like okay you know this right. is we're gonna be okay we're gonna be okay and um yeah i'm super excited and we definitely are planning on putting more work out there you know once we get yeah through this one. I think honestly, you know, we did go through the submission process with Jenna, um, submitting it to editors and we didn't get any offers. Um, and we, we still really believed in the story and, and Jenna did too. Jenna, and yeah, thought, she was really a big cheerleader for the story. She, she, she was, she, this was actually her idea. She's like, you guys should do this because you know, you got to find your audience. It was, it was time it was time right. to do this and take the leap. And, you know, we're exploring the same thing with Chubbacorn too, because Chubbacorn was also put on submission. We're kind of figuring out how to get things like this ready, you know, and trying to be efficient. I mean, we're both parents. And so um, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot to juggle, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> so trying to find time is tough. So talk to us a little bit about these uh, these tiers. For those that might be listening or watching this later, talk to us a little bit about what what levels that they could be looking at. Sure. So um, they start off with what we call the drone, which is the digital copy. So they get a PDF, uh, first 48 pages. Plus, we have recruited uh, eight artists, uh, artist friends of ours that um, are going to be doing like fan art, you know, alternate covers and different scenes in their style. So that's kind of like a little bonus gallery. Uh, and oh, then the cool. second... Yeah, so yeah. That, that comes with, with all the both physical and digital copy. Um, and then the worker bee is the physical copy. It's $15, um, and that comes with that. that it's actually 60 pages. I, I say 48, but that's the 48 of the story plus the, the extra matter that we have for the... Um, hmm. And so then we go up from there to um, the... Uh, nurse bee, that's right. And that's the, <laughs> the sticker pack. So we, have, we just got the stickers in, actually, a couple of days ago. They look awesome. They're like awesome. four inches. Um, they're vinyl stickers, mm -hmm. and so they're the main three main characters, and plus an extra uh, version of Claire. We love that expression she's making, so we have that. And then Marco, who's who's a a likable drone. <laughs> the next one was the Hive Deputy, and that comes with the the PDF, the physical copy, the sticker pack, plus a signed print, which is like a selfie of the three uh, sisters. Oh, nice! Uh, so throws in that little extra, and then the last tier is the uh, MVB. And that includes it's all the previous steps. Plus, I do a, a custom, you know, um, we haven't figured out the logistics, but we're going to maybe reach out to those people and ask what character they like in the story. And I can, I'll do a little custom sketch, like an ink drawing on a five by seven paper. Um, and so that they'll get, a, they'll get a little unique signed art uh, piece as well. Going from the 35 where you get the book, the sticker set and a signed print for an extra $15, you get original artwork yeah i know i know that's it's yeah i i looked I, Rizzy, you let him do that i you, you didn't <laughs> it's it's really bad business i i'm awful at math i'm bad at marketing <laughs> but yeah i know uh we're let's just say yeah. we're gonna have to do he's gonna we when i say we i mean he he's gonna have to do a lot of original art because yeah everyone's like oh i want the mvb package i know and i'm still right so I got, I have all the pages to keep drawing and coloring and then yeah. I'll have the, all the uh, little custom doodles, but yeah, it's, it's a lot. And 
I don't know. I think looking back on it though, like it's kind of like a thank you for, you know, we're, we're relatively unknown by, I mean, definitely unknown by the world, but like the way I see it is getting work out there is the most important thing. I'm not like making money off that is not even like on the radar. It's just getting people to be excited about it. Um, and just giving back to them for, you know, helping us out, helping bring this thing to life, I guess. Yeah. I mean, our goal was not to make a profit. It was just to cover costs as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the benefit that both of you have is that you're the writers and the artists for it. So you don't have to pay artists for this. So a bulk of the, a bulk of the cost is printing more than anything else. Correct. Right. Yeah. The printing and, you know, the stickers. Shipping could, could add up as well. For almost 60 pages, that's essentially you're getting it for 10 bucks because you also are throwing in the digital copy, which was worth $5. So that's another really good deal for those. So anybody who's looking at something for, um, you know, as you say, a a great educational piece, that's good for middle grade that has some really good, amazing story and amazing artwork with some level of educational aspects to it. That is a really good deal to get that. Yeah. 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 We're not math teachers, Barney. (laughs) We're English and art. So we, we are. Yeah. I don't think we even factored in shipping like to this whole, like. Oh, we did. For our goal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's good. Yeah. We did that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't sell us too short. But like we, we do plan on doing every chapter. I like the, the goal um, that I see with this story is so every maybe year or two, however fast I can make, you know, 48 new pages, we want to keep rolling this, like kind of snowballing um, every campaign. So the next campaign, you'll include book one by itself or book two or the two book deal, like kind of building on that. And so hopefully mm-hmm. by the end, we have maybe five or six books and that many mm-hmm. campaigns uh, to where people can buy in at, you know, like I, I've seen campaigns where it's like book five available. Yeah, but I... Right. I want to start with book one. I'm, I'm, I, I just discovered this, you know, this book. Mm-hmm. So we'll always have maybe that book one as, as a, maybe a package to inspire mm-hmm. people to get the, mm-hmm. the other sequels maybe. So we haven't, we haven't thought that out, but yeah. Right. And, and that, the, the smart thing that you've done also, um, you're putting things in, in your tier levels that are specifically flat. So it makes it a lot easier to ship as well. That was important. And also, yeah, the print, the print size, I think will also be close to the comic size, which is like six and six and a half by 10 and a quarter or something. So I'll also have, you know, that able that the, the ability to, to ship the same mm-hmm. dimensions that should help out as well. Yeah. Mm. So, but yeah, I'd so would love to get like, especially the shovel corn, I would love to get action figures or plushes of down the road. My kid, my, my students and my boys are always asking, like, you know, just I can't wait to get a Chubbicorn, you know, little squishy thing or whatever. And that would be great, you know, or these characters as little, little, mm-hmm. uh, you know, plastic, I don't know, little posable toys or something would be really cool. Well, that's right. why we, yeah. we decided to create the campaign under the term St. Amant Stories, because we knew that there would be other stories and Chubbicorn would be another one mm-hmm. uh, in addition to 3B Honey. So we wanted to kind of roll that under the umbrella, you know, and just have different stories out there and, and probably more um, that we're still developing, but yeah. 
as you said, this is called 3B Honey. That's the name of it. So when you roll out chapter two, as you're saying, it's going to be a 260-page graphic novel eventually. How would you do the, the second chapter? It would just continue where this story left off. So we, right. we stopped it at like a cliffhanger. Like yeah, where something it's, exciting It's a, it's a brutal cliffhanger. It's, it's, it's going to anger people. <laughs> it, it may. It may. They'd be I mean, like, what? It, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. So we're just going to continue the story, you know, right. and then pause it at that natural stopping point. But you if know, you're, yeah, mid, but it, midpoint of the story, basically. We may do it. I don't know. I don't think we'll do it like a previously on because it, it'll be every story will be the previous story will be available in the next yeah. campaign. We'll just continue. Um, but as far as maybe you're, are you asking about like the title? Like what the maybe the idea? Yeah, of because if you're calling it Three B Honey for the first book, then right. what would? Yeah. Well, the first the first one is gonna be Three B Three B Honey Foraging for Friends. Yeah. So it says there's oh, a okay. subtitle, chapter one foraging a subtitle. For okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that way we'll just have a little um, summary. And then the second one, I had it written somewhere. <laughs> don't ruin. Don't spoil. No, it. I don't want to say it yet because I'm I'm not 100 <laughs> percent sure, but we're still like. <laughs> figuring out those titles yeah <laughs> and so to talk to i'm really curious about the world building aspect of this as well did you actually have like other insects represented as well in human form yes yeah so in the original iteration of it um i came up with fans so i have like a little fan group of the of of the characters i have there's a i don't know should i say like club promoter well not a club because that's it's adult. a music it's a music it's like, like a, a music venue like a cafe that has live music mm -hmm. but that that mm -hmm. owner the 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 one who advertises the shows and gets people signed up the the talent yeah producer. talent scout but yeah so we we designed we, we pre-designed a lot of these anthropomorphic insects like upright some of them are a little bit more you know you like with a caterpillar for example um and this all comes from the ideas of my previous insect high school so mm -hmm. a lot of them were um you know, kind of carryovers, like salvaged mm -hmm. from that previous story. Mm -hmm. um, and put into this world. I, It kind of has, I don't know, like James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. A little bit of that vibe, you know, where they're, yeah. they look, you can tell that they're that insect, but they have clothes on. Yeah, because another thing is to think about, and this is, this was, this crossed our mind was, you know, potential of like live action. Maybe, maybe this gets picked up and we can have, or we can have people dress up as a costume and it's a lot easier to get into like a spider suit that is bipedal with extra, you know, limbs that are mm -hmm. kind of, so just thinking about how, like, you know, one of my things that I think would be so cool is to be at a comic convention and have like people cosplaying as like Chubble Corn or the characters or whatever. Um, so that, that potential of both TV show or costume potential. I think it's something that as a creator, it's, it's something that you may want to consider. Like mm -hmm. you could have these far out, amazingly elaborate characters. That's great. But when they're, they can only be reproduced through maybe computer generation or, you know, drawing that kind of limits right. you, I guess, in the future. Mm -hmm. right. so. Yeah. so, so Desi and John, if people want to learn more about 3B Honey, where, where is the best place they could go to? At this moment, the crowdfunder campaign, but, um, they could go to 3bhoneyrocks.com. That's mm -hmm. the website for the story. Or they could visit our websites where we post updates and, you know, other information. My website is desiwrites.com. 
And, and then mine is johnsaintamont.com. So it's um, just saint spelled out. Um, but yeah, that's, that's usually where we post a lot of our work or writing samples. And then we have our newsletters as well. Um, and those are connected to both of our websites. So you can scroll down and, and you know, sign on to those as well. John uh, has an Instagram account too, where he posts art. Yeah, under the same name, John St. Amant, under mm -hmm. Instagram. But that's, yeah, a lot of my Chubbacorn and other stories are there. Well, listen, so the, the two of you are going to have to come back on when you're doing your, when chapter two comes out. Sure. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah. We'd love to. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, yeah, Barney. Thanks for having it us. was great chatting with you. It was. You're welcome. Because I didn't, I thought you said SCWI, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's the Senior Certified Welding Inspector. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we're into metallurgy as well, and we do beekeeping. It's like <laughs> we fake our age to get on there. Yeah. <laughs>